What's up, everyone? Welcome to a bonus episode of Retro Encounter. As always, I am Josh Curry. With me is Mike Zelosi. Hello, everybody. It's just the two of us. Just the way it's supposed to be, right? We can make it whenever we try, Josh. Whenever we do these conference episodes? Yeah. Two of us just hanging out? Mm-hmm. Um, so, BlizzCon did not happen again. Um, I know you kind of probably assume that since it's just the two of us, but we are here to talk about uh, kind of two shows that recently happened, uh, the Video Game Awards and also uh, PlayStation Showcase, PlayStation Experience Showcase. Right. Yeah, they, um, um, the Video Game Awards were on Thursday, and the PlayStation Experience was Saturday night, and we are recording this on a Sunday, so these these takes are hot and fresh. We are not waiting two weeks yeah. to give to give you these. We're... They're hot. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say that we're fresh yet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, these uh, two shows just happened less than a week after we're posting this. Less than a week before we're posting this. So hopefully we'll we're you know still in the current conversation. Relatively relevant. Relevant. Relatively relevant. Sure. That would say um, that five times fast. Oh, I couldn't say it once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, for the most part. Most of this is based off of impressions of the actual shows and what was shown there. There has been obviously news stories and whatnot and some side content that's come out afterwards. We've seen some of that, but don't hold our feet to the fire that we know literally everything that's going on with all this because there's a, we have a list of like 40-ish games, which we probably will not talk about most of them, but we'll see what we can do. Um, we are going to start kind of chronologically. Um, our notes are basically chronologically for the show as well. Um, so we're going to start with Thursday stuff with the Video Game Awards. Um, but we're gonna we're mostly going to talk about the trailers and not the awards themselves, am I right? Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll touch on Best RPG and Game of the Year, but we'll... Okay. I always view... So maybe this is a good way to start, too. Um, I view the Game Awards at as kind of a, a wonderful opportunity to celebrate games. But really, I view it as a way to look at kind of major announcements for next yeah. year. The, the awards themselves are just a very glitzy version of any old publication's awards, to which, I mean, they people won't hold a lot of stock in them, or at least outwardly claim to, but complain about them a lot. Yeah, and the, the, the biggest thing for me is... I. So I actually like that there's video games. Like, I like that there's awards. Yeah, no, I don't mind that it exists, and, and, I, and I like it as a celebration. But, I mean, but the, the awards themselves are a little head-scratching at times, and uh, they invite a lot of discussion, a lot of its negative discussion. The, the biggest thing I have that I, I hate is why don't we actually have more people accept awards? Oh, right. Because <laughs> they're, they're too busy in their office making the next game. But yeah, sure. Okay, I'm fine with that. I'm even fine with like if they chose to do a video to like send in. But most of these people are actually there, and you look at it, and it's like, all right, we're it was like a two and a half hour show. It was the re- most ridiculous, like long, boring thing, and there was like six people that accepted awards, and for the most part, all six of them, like their speeches were fantastic. Like the guy that was accepting for that Dragon Cancer, unbelievable acceptance speech, right. like. Fantastic. That, that game has been floating around for a while, and it's um, I, I think it, it it recently had a more mainstream release. Like maybe it was recently on uh, on PlayStation and Xbox or something. But it's 
that's a rough game to play. Like, like I mean, like not in a bad gameplay way. Like, I mean, the narrative the narrative is such a downer that it's hard to you know hard to have your soul go through that game. It's and it and it, it, it was a powerful expectance ex, expectance acceptance speech. <laughs> Man, neither well, spoilers. Of us can... His his son dies from cancer. Like yeah, and then he made his, and he made the game he... to to work through that. Yeah, yeah. That is, first of all, that unbelievable. I wouldn't. I can't imagine losing my kid. I can't imagine actually then spending like the next couple years of my life, like focusing on that topic. Like there's so much emotion boiled, and, and like immediately, like he won, and he started crying on the way up, and like. That was such an emotional moment of the whole thing, and this is where like these like these award shows just like don't work, because it's like you you have this like the crowds cheering for him to like give him enough momentum to be able to get through his speech, like he's talking about his son and all of this, and like how amazing games are to be able to help him through this, and people can experience this and like understand what this is, and we cut from that to like literally I think somebody made a joke, and then there there's this stupid man sized razor that was joking around with somebody else and I was like that's not in the best taste and yeah it, it's a little disparate like or a little I, I guess I used the word head scratching before it was the uh, a little head scratching to go from an emotional speech about a man and uh, his and his son that died of cancer to you know like a, a guy telling a joke about shooters with Mountain Dew and Doritos next to him it yeah it, it was it, it was a little bit um, confusing. It's like they they want to be the Oscars for video games, but the messaging is not really consistent, and they don't well, and they don't have enough support from everyone in the games industry to put on a show as that is has the impact and the star power of the Oscars. We always seem to go when we have an opportunity to be viewed by the public. I I feel like the game industry as a whole, instead of choosing to put on an image of we are adults. We are enjoying this art form. We we go the direction of exactly what you said: Mountain Dew, Doritos, and we're thirteen-year-old kids in our basements. Yeah, it's even though the um, game industry definitely is a grown-up industry with games made for adults that uh, that and and games that caught that cost billions of dollars to make and make billions of dollars. It's it's grown up both as an industry and as an art form, but it still has this juvenile image and. I don't know that image may be impossible to shake, but that that's that's a whole other podcast, man. It's <laughs> like we 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 have a lot of games to talk about. So, so that <laughs> I guess we'll we'll stop there. That was our piece. There's some really really good speeches. I would highly recommend checking out both that Dragon Cancer speech and also Nolan North's acceptance speech because that's super relevant with kind of the voice actor strike that's going on and. And Nolan North is he's that dude is versatile as hell. People are like he has a, a great leading man voice. Because yes. with everything from his, uh, oh, from Assassin's Creed to uh, quite literally everything to to Prince of Persia to what? Uncharted is probably his most visible role. But, but he also, yeah, um, yeah, he's um, who, who was he in penguin. Batman? Yeah, he was like the penguin in Batman and in Marvel vs. Capcom three, another game we'll talk about later. He's Deadpool and is completely bonkers as Deadpool. So he, the yeah. dude, has real versatility. He's not just a you know, I'm a handsome white guy kind of voice. He's a, he's a. Although he's, they did use that for a while after Uncharted <laughs> came out, right? No, no. Like, like people were people wanted to hire handsome white guy Nolan North after <laughs> a, after he was at his peak of his fame. But he's a, but no, he's just a good versatile voice actor, and I'm. It, it's cool that he is, you know, 
that he is as good on on television as he is in the voice studio. Yeah, yeah. So that's our piece about the actual award show. Um, let, let's actually get into some of the announcements. There, okay. there was yeah. Let, let's couple... do the announcements and then let's do the the two awards that we wanted to talk about. Sure. Um, I guess we start kind of with more stuff that uh, RPG fan covers. I am super excited for Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Um, it leaked out beforehand, but Telltale is doing a season starting, I believe they said spring of 2017. Um, they showed good. absolutely nothing for it, but I I usually wait for those until the full thing's out and I can get it for like four bucks for the whole season. I think I'm going to play that episode to episode. I'm, I'm like you. I, uh, I've only finished two Telltale seasons of anything. But I own a number of them, and I usually wait for them to be, let's say, $10 for five episodes. But uh, And Telltale's weird in that they you absolutely know what you're getting from them, because they have a sort of format that they've been following very closely since The Walking Dead was so successful. But a lot of it's still good. Like, there, a lot of the writing has been great. Like, uh, I've heard people tell me that their absolute best one is their Tales of the Borderlands they did last year. Yeah, it's really good. And um, I know Max is currently playing... Uh, Max. Uh, well, his name's Kristoff, but he's Maximum on the RPG fan boards. Kristoff is playing the Batman Telltale game uh, and streaming it every time he gets a new episode. And he's uh, he's been positive on that. So there's, like... tell You sort of know what you're getting out of Telltale, but you also know that it'll be at least pretty good. And Guardians of the Galaxy is a really good choice for them, I think, to for their next game, because it would be so easy to do an episodic... Um, it's a series about them. I mean, it's it, it's Star Trek or Firefly. You have a ragtag group that's flying across the galaxy on adventures, and they could easily concoct an adventure for a Telltale series without it. And those characters have so much personality. Yeah, they they they, they really do. And, and the more baby group we get, the better. But uh, <laughs> I am I am I think it's a it was a really cool choice, and I am very interested to see how that turns out, especially since um, Tales from the Borderlands and Batman have been really good. So you know they can do space and they can do superheroes. Yeah, they can do actually action. They uh, started that with uh, the Wolf game. The Wolf Among Us. Yes, there which we is go. Based on the Fables comic book series. Yeah, that that was the first time that they kind of transferred into. There's actually like fight scenes and whatnot. The fight uh, scenes. I uh, I saw the demo. I saw a live demo by some employees at the uh, at E3 for Batman, and the action scenes in that look pretty cool. Like, you know, better than. Uh, um, uh, better, better than the similar stuff that you would see in even a God of War or Resident Evil Four. It's it was good stuff. Nice, yeah. And then uh, so that kind of started the show with one of the main, main announcements. But they also wrapped up the show with The Walking Dead just to stick with Telltale. Um, season three of The Walking Dead. Clementine's still there. Well, it's, I think it might be more than season three because then didn't they do a season that was Michonne only or something? That's like a side thing though so it's the somewhere in the range of third to fifth season of walking dead <laughs> technically speaking it is the fourth season okay. this is officially though the third season i played the first season and thought it was really good so i'm i least such a good character i have faith that they can do really well even though i think the season one writers are gone they're the that's campo santo the Firewatch guys now mm. um there was also um, Mass Effect finally footage of Mass Effect Andromeda. Yeah, real Mass Effect Andromeda footage. That game looks incredibly dope. Uh, Mass Effect is very special to me as a series. I think 
the best one is kind of... I think 2 is kind of the best one, but each of the three Mass Effect games is sort of the best at something. Because, like, like the, the first Mass Effect had the best... Uh, sort of the, the biotic powers were the most fun in that one, and the and sort of... It had the, the sort of the best, um, like, diplomacy-level speech in it. Mass Effect 2 had the best action and the best character-driven story. And Mass Effect 3 had, I think, the best big moments, because the... Con- the conclusion the to the combat cro- was the best. The yeah. combat was real good in in Mass Effect Three, but also just the conclusions to the Krogan arc and the Geth arc were terrific, and I'm going to remember that forever. So it looks like they're doing, at least for the five minute trailer or whatever, um, it looks like it's the best mashup of all three. Um, they've already said uh, that the issues are coming back. Right there, those so are, those the, are great. the combat looked fantastic in the trailer. Um, the Mako's back, so that's the best uh, first game. Oh, uh, I, I got... The Mako's fun, like, four times, but then by the time you get to 14 times, it's a little bit less fun. No, but, like, they they go back to actually having armor, and you have to craft armor. Um, it looks like they're putting more RPG elements into right. it of actually management of what weapons you have, how they work, what are the stats on them. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit more RPG tinkering than Mass Effect 2, which had... Uh, Admittedly, not a lot of that. Once you get outside, oh. of, once you get out out of skill trees and party yeah. customization, there's not a ton of RPG stuff in Mass Effect Two. Yeah, and you pre-ordered your armor that you wore the whole time, and yeah, yeah. it it just didn't. Yeah. Um, but that thing looks so good. And a yeah. small, small tangent off that. Mm-hmm. hilarious phrasing of how they set this up because they're like, oh, we're in the Andromeda galaxy, so don't expect to see the same... Simil- uh, wow, we can't talk today. <laughs> don't expect seem- to see the same aliens. Right. Because they're like, they're bragging about all new aliens. They cut to the trailer, all the same aliens. <laughs> they they showed off one new alien race, but it's, it's going to be about... Uh... What is it? It's a human and seven marine and his two children that are exploring the new galaxy. Yeah, yeah, because it's uh, this is it takes place technically during three, but before the relays get destroyed. Right. Okay. So that's how they're able to get away, and they're not really touched by a lot of the stuff that happens. But that's so in a way they're 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 sort of a combination of explorer and refugee of this new Andromeda galaxy, and uh, it. I don't know. I'm I'm excited. More Mass Effect has me excited. It's been long enough since Mass Effect Three that I'm definitely thirsty for a new one a little bit. Because when did we get Mass Effect Three? Was that 2012, 2013? I'm feeling like 2013, but let's check. I, 2013 sounds right, but it was uh, 2012. Yeah, 2012. Okay, so it has. It's been. It. Uh, I mean, it will have been five years by the time Andromeda rolls around, and that's definitely plenty long enough. That's. I, I can't wait for more Mass Effect. Yeah, yeah, that that yes, that just needs to come. Even though I don't think they're gonna hit their spring twenty seventeen date, I that I think I think they will. I was um um I I think that that's their I think they're gonna hit the spring one. They missed the winter one. They missed the twenty the uh, the tw- original twenty fifteen one from a long time ago. So I, I think it's been long enough, and they've been pushing it back enough that it's gonna come in the spring. But I. I'll yeah that I'm not gonna bet money on it because Bioware delays everything at least once. They delay everything and then also the it. I feel like they're not gonna turn around in three four months after they finally showed something for the first time. It seems like a very non EA thing to do. 
I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. Hopefully not. Um, moving on, there was Lawless, which we can just touch on really quick. I know you hate first-person shooters. I don't uh, hate them. I'm just garbage at them. It looks similar in concept to Overwatch, where it's kind of classes and lots of first-person shootingness. Um, but they showed off Gravity Spheres, which I don't remember them ever talking about before, which looked ridiculously cool. Um, I know it doesn't really fit with the audience for this podcast, but I'm intrigued. And it's Cliffy B, so he made Gears of War, so let's hope. Um, Prey. Prey the, the Prey videos looked really cool. It, they, I mean, a lot of people were uh, uh, feeling a Bioshock vibe with it, and I totally get it. You know, um, first-person shooter, sci-fi elements, lots of uh, powers. It could be really cool. I'm not, uh, I mean, sure. You don't like first-person shooters? I didn't say that. I I, I played I played uh, the first two Bioshock games, and I had and I've owned uh, Infinite for a while and haven't gotten to it. I really like Far Cry Three. Like I'm I'm not anti first person shooter. I'm just bad at them and never play them competitively. But play but Prey does look really cool. I'm not sure if we're gonna cover it or not. It'll have it has some RPG stuff in it, and I think we're not gonna cover Prey. Eh, I, I don't know. I think. Um, it depends if a couple people really want to review it, then maybe we will. But it'll uh, it it'll take some. Convincing. I'm willing to review Prey, so <laughs> if that's all it takes. Well, I mean, I, I mean, we I go and reach out to the uh, to the editorial staff on it. I'm not I'm not going to volunteer to review Prey, <laughs> but uh, um, for me, and I mentioned this I think on the Deus Ex podcast when I was like Prey Two, like, oh my god, fantastic, looks amazing. There's like crickets on the podcast. Um. But I mean that, that that's because of that they revealed Prey two years ago and then it looked like a dead project and this is right, right. this is the project being revived, and it's being revived into something very different. It's it's kind of funny now. You, Prey one isn't even remotely close to what they're playing with Prey two, and this Prey isn't even close to those. I uh, I still wish we were getting Prey two, but this Prey looks really really. Yeah, interesting. A lot of people are upset that we're never getting the Prey two that was shown off in 2010 or 2011 or whenever that was. But now this is the prey we're getting, and it does look cool. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of looking really, really cool, Shovel Knight Specter of Torment. <laughs> Holy crap, does that look good? You know what the best part of that is? Huh? It costs zero dollars. Oh, I didn't see that. I no, it's it was it's gonna... a it's a free update to Shovel Knight that uh, where you play as Specter, where there's new stages, and you play as Specter Knight, um, who is one of the bosses in Shovel Knight. I think I, I could be wrong about this, but I think fans voted on which bosses to be playable and specter knight won the vote and this is the result of that like almost maybe a year later they instead of just instead of just plugging him in as a playable character they're making a little story for him and it is a free update to people that own shovel knight ooh, ooh. yeah uh they that game for fall first of all is fantastic um they they've done a really good job supporting it I wasn't. I think it was Plague Knight was the first huge content update. I wasn't a huge fan of, but Specter of Torment. Everything that they were showing looked really, really good. I am Shovel super, Knight, super excited. Shovel Knight is awesome. I don't think RPG fan covered it, but it's a uh, it's platformer that's uh, people compare to Mega Man, Castlevania, and Ducktales on the NES. All three of which are very, very fair Duck-tale. comparisons. Ooh. 
Yeah, anyway, um... <laughs> I don't think you could say DuckTales without saying woohoo afterwards. <laughs> well, those three NES games are very fair comparisons, and Shovel Knight is a terrific game that's reminiscent of those three, and if you own it on any platform, you'll get Spectre of Torment free, so you have even of a, less of an excuse to own Shovel Knight now if you don't own it already. It, it It's great. I can't wait to play it. The, I can't wait to play Spectre of Torment, that is, because Shovel Knight's great. Yeah. Every time they come out with one of these, I play the current main game again, which sucks. <laughs> I mean, it's great, but it sucks. I um, um, I played it on PC originally, but I think I want to get it again for Vita and play it on that, because it seems like a, t- a great Vita game. It's really good on Vita, too, as well. Um, another game that I really like, I'm happy to see more of, is Halo Wars. I loved wow. the first Halo Wars. Really? People actually liked the first Halo Wars? Well, I love Halo, so I got I get really deep into the lore. Huh, okay. I, I, I thought Halo Wars wasn't very well received, but I know extremely little about it, so I'm, I, I, I can't be a fair comment on it. It was fine. It, I'm not going to act like it's the best in that genre. It's fine. <laughs> it's probably the best on consoles for that genre, I would make an argument for. Um, and this genre being real-time strategy, correct? Yeah, yes. Mm-hmm. Thank you. That's, um, what, that's what I thought, but I, I wasn't. I was doubting myself <laughs> during, during this part of the conversation. It's like, wait, that was an RTS, right? I, I know. But, I know almost nothing about it. They seem to do, be doing some of the best elements of the original Halo tri- uh, series of having the brutes also like there. There was a three side war at some point, um, and Halo was very us versus them. Halo, the first Halo Wars, um, Halo Wars Two. Looks like you could get into three different kind of classes, going more to that StarCraft route of kind of three different armies. So I don't know. Looks intriguing. Sure. Probably play it. Um, I'm trying to save Zelda for last for you. <laughs> I'm sure you're excited. I'm, I'm, um, I'm sure I'm excited about Zelda, but I'm not a Zelda super fan. I I, I haven't played. Um, I never. I, I haven't played something like two of the last four or something. But it's. Uh, I, I enjoy Zelda, and Breath of the Wild does look really good. So you are excited to play this one. Um, I don't have a system that can play it. I don't own a Wii U. But uh, when it does, when it comes out, and once I have the means to play it, I will go out of my way to play it because it looks really, really good. Uh, a lot of open world stuff. It's the first truly open world feeling Zelda, maybe even since the NES days. Because so I'm gonna say something that I know people aren't going to like. Well, they've never finished one, right? No, oh, I, oh, I, I oh, oh, yeah, 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 right. The, earlier this year, but that was the first. Yeah. So, what, what are you going to say that people don't like? I think Breath of the Wild looks real bad, real bad. Okay, um, I, I will not agree with it with you. No, I, I, I know. I, I feel like I am <laughs> super, super in the minority here. I've never been con. We've talked about this before. I've never been convinced that they actually make a good game. Um full game like there's elements of it that are very good and i think people get caught up and overlook large large failings and to slap something into an open world and thinking it's going to fix all those issues i don't agree with i don't i don't don't, don't think slapping into the open world is the right term i mean zelda has always had a couple open world kernels while still always being directed and self-contained it's um, and and I think they're just going for a new level of vastness and a new level of sort of minute activities to do in in the world with uh, Breath of the Wild than they've gone in the past. Visually, I think it's breathtaking, and it. Uh, mm. But it's, 
I mean, there, there's a lot of wait and see about this one. I, I thought the footage looked great, um, and I, I know a lot of people are really excited about it. We have There's a lot of Zelda fans in the RPG fan staff, and uh, when we went to E3 and we, had a, we voted in the hotel room on what our game of the show was, um, Breath of the Wild beat out Persona 5, I think something like five votes to three. So pe- people are real excited about it. I, I, I want to read some reviews. I don't, again, I probably won't have the proper system to play it on when it comes out, just because I always get consoles late. I always get handholds, handhelds like the day they come out and consoles late. I'm, I'm strange. <laughs> the opposite of everybody else. The, the opposite um, of most people. But uh, I, I'm going to read reviews I'm, before it comes out, but I, I am optimistic about it. So, yes, yeah, slap together isn't the right thing to like the right phrasing, but this generation is moving to open world, and I think Zelda excels when it is a closed system and when you make things open for that game what i've experienced i feel like it gets lost they don't have enough detail and there's not enough to make a living world and i, I feel well watching the gameplay i think the trailer looked nice watching the gameplay none of that looked fun to me um but again they're not trying to sell it to me because i probably wouldn't play it even if it was they, i never played uh oracle so why would i play this like i i well, um... Ocar- or Ocarina, sorry. Yeah, okay, Oracle um, and Ocarina are, are yeah, different games. Very different games. Um, but I didn't... and So we don't have to talk about it, but it, I don't think that looks as good as everybody thinks it does. Um, and another game that I don't think looks as good as everybody thinks it does is Death Stranding. Um, I, th- I, f- I love Kojima. I love Metal Gear. Everybody's freaking out about that, but that game is three to four years away, and they have no idea what that game is yet. I just don't feel like it's worth getting that excited for yet. I mean, uh, I, I think it's cool. I mean, Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro, Mads Mikkelsen, the guy from Boondock Saints and Walking Dead. Uh, I can't remember his name. Norman Reedus? Norman Reedus, yeah. Th- that, those are, that's exciting talent. Like, people don't realize, mm-hmm. Mads Mikkelsen is like, he's like the Leonardo DiCaprio of the, of Denmark. He is... He's legit. He is their biggest superstar movie star, and he's a terrific actor. But pe- yes. But people worldwide probably know him best as Le Chiffre from Casino Royale, or maybe uh, from that Hannibal series, or at least people in North America. It's but he's... Star Wars. Yeah, it's true. But he is 100% legit, and um, adding him to a Kojima project is exciting for a lot of people because, I mean, Kojima's hugely popular, obviously. So, I, And we don't know much about Death Stranding at all, but these images are uh, impactful. I, I think it, yeah. I, I, I need to hear more about it before I can get, get excited about it, but it's they, he, they've made a splash with it, that's for sure. And I, f- I feel like I'm in the same place. I... I know I'm going to buy I'm going to pre-order that. I'm going to play it day one. I'm confident I'm going to like it because I've liked everything Kojima's come out with. I just... Th- they technically haven't really shown anything yet. They've shown some dead whales and a floating baby. Um, yeah, again, the, I mean, those are those are just images, and it's extremely <laughs> weird to try and attach, to, to attach meaning to any of those images. But, yeah. I mean, wow. That's, those are... Yeah. People are getting excited over nothing because that's the power of Kojima. Yep, absolutely. Um, and I just I want him to finish that game. I, that's the, I think that's really why I'm upset, is I know it's years away. And I'm going to keep seeing more of these trailers, and every time I'm going to get excited, and I'm going to remember that it's years away. Right. Uh, all right, so those were 
those were all the announcements for the mm-hmm. video game awards. Um, we were going to talk about two actual awards that were given out. Um, first being best RPG, which went to The Witcher Three. No. Which, yes. Best RPG went to The Witcher Three expansion, Blood and Wine. No. Yes. No. Did I miss? How did I miss that? No. I'm I'm gonna double check right now. Uh. Okay, winners list, the game awards. Uh. Let's see. Sorry, it's a long list. Best RPG: The Witcher Three, Wild Hunt, Blood and Wine. It's the expansion. The Witcher Three came out in uh in. I think summer of two thousand five of two thousand fifteen. It wasn't eligible for twenty sixteen awards. The, well, now I have a huge problem with that. Yeah, it, the expansion to Witcher Three won. The other nominees were World of Warcraft Legion, another expansion, Xenoblade Chronicles X, Deus Ex: Mankind Divided, and Dark Souls Three. But the Witcher Three Wild Hunt expansion, Blood and Wine, was the overall winner. So I feel like that has to go to Xenoblade. Um. I, I would have. Let's just be honest. WoW and The Witcher Three shouldn't even be eligible. Oh, now also I, I should mention Xenoblade Chronicles X did come out last year, in 2015. But their official range it's, of know. dates was like November 24th to November 24th, and that right, came out. Which in, is why, in, yeah, and the Xenoblade came out in December of last year, so it it is eligible. Which is but, why Final Fantasy 15 is not on there as well. Correct. Yes. And um. Because that's overall, let's be honest, kind of a weak list. A little, yeah. I, I mean, I'm surprised that a World of Warcraft expansion made the list, but uh, real I, good I, expansion. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure, real good expansion. But there was a uh, uh, a bunch of good handheld RPGs came out this year. Uh, I, I, the biggest one was probably Fire Emblem Fates, even though I thought that was a below, that was an average or even below average Fire Emblem game. Um, but that's the, going back to the downfall of these game awards. Is it's it's pop culture. Yeah, day. yeah, they it has to go to sort of the lowest com deno- uh lowest common denominator kind of gamer. So it, it, the obscure JRPGs that I love will almost never make the list. Xenoblade Chronicles X is almost a uh anachronistically on the list. It's 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 pretty, you know, out there JRPG for the Game Awards crowd, I would say. But I would have given the award to Xenoblade or even uh Tokyo Mirage Sessions over the over The Witcher 3's expansion, which I mean it's good. The Witcher Three has there's a lot to like about The Witcher Three in general and that expansion in particular, especially the writing and the story. But I I I think it's weird that an expansion won Best RPG instead of a standalone game. Like if if it won a Best Expansion Award or a Best <laughs> DLC Award, I wouldn't even be blinking. I I would that, yeah. that that would be just fine. But now I understand why everybody was so pissed. Yeah. <laughs> I, so I I watched this and I, I was like. I only half pay attention to it right at the last couple of days, and I saw it, and everybody was like, "Everybody's really upset." I was like, "Like a couple months ago, everybody was loving The Witcher Three. No, people uh, people love The Witcher Three. People were irked that its expansion won the Best RPG Award. And this is where, like, me going to school and then having a baby right afterwards, and having my life timeline get destroyed because I don't remember where, when things happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, again, it ruins I, your sense of time. We went over this I, a couple podcasts ago. I honestly thought Witcher Three came out this year. <laughs> So I was like, yeah, of no, course it would. Why no, wouldn't it? No, it came out in, I, I want to say, August of 2015, but I could be off by a month or two. But it's definitely a 2015 game, and it was the expansion that won this award, and that was the problem people have. I, I, I should mention, I've tried The Witcher 3, but I haven't gotten very far. I don't own it. I played it on another friend's system. 
So I and... type in Witcher 3 into Google to find out the date. First mm-hmm. thing in the news from Forbes, Witcher 3 and World of Warcraft shouldn't be nominees at the 2016 Game Awards. <laughs> you, know, you know, this is a, a quick aside. Forbes actually has a surprisingly good games writing staff. You think of Forbes, they actually do. You, you think of Forbes as a business magazine, and they do report on the games industry as an industry, but also when they, when they write um, creatively and editorially about games, it's pretty good stuff. They're, they're, their staff, like, it's not what I would expect to read out of Forbes, but they, they have a good games writing team but anyway i agree with that forbes writer because I, I don't think it should have been eligible but there what there you have it at one um well that's a crap list i think that's a crap nominee now i would have but... given it to tokyo mirage sessions or uh, yeah actually just straight up tokyo mirage sessions i thought that game was super super cool and people really loved it that everyone that played it loved it um yeah i actually just heard, hear good things about that mm. um I thought the list for Game of the Year, though, was fantastic. Um, so the nominees for that was Doom, Inside, Overwatch, Titanfall 2, and Uncharted 4. Uh, with the in, in a way, I think being... that's representative of the year, because yeah. uh, uh, it was an extremely strong year for shooters. Yes. And that was the... a really good year for shooters. Yeah, and, uh, and so I guess uh, four of them are shooters, three of them being first-person. Uh... No, Uncharted, no, 4. Uncharted 4 is a third-person shooter, even though it's a third or a third-person action game. It, it toes that line. but uh, So it's being an extremely good year for shooters. Uh, I, I'm actually okay with Overwatch winning for a, a variety of reasons. Mostly, I think I think the shooting in it is, is rock-solid. People love the hell out of that game. And I think the cast of characters is one of the most diverse and fun casts I've ever seen in a video game ever. And while I'm a little... Um, salty that it's only it's a multiplayer only game and there's no real single player component um i am just in absolute awe of the fan base of overwatch how much they've embraced it and how and how they they keep reacting to everything it's it, they are they, it is the most fun fan base in video games to follow right now and yeah. uh i'm I, i'm even though i don't own overwatch and i've played it twice in my entire life i'm actually surprisingly okay with it winning game of the year <laughs> yeah so my, my personal would have been Uncharted 4, but I think Uncharted 4 in some ways has an unfair advantage. It encapsulates everything that happens in the 3 and ties that nostalgia and grows off of that. I've played, the, first, a, I've played the first three Uncharted games, but not 4, and I've heard 4 is excellent. 4 is an excellent game, but it makes everything of 3 so much more relevant and meaningful, and it makes all of that mean something to you. And so people that enjoyed those games... There's no way you couldn't love for, um, and so like it's kind of an unfair advantage in my mind. So of course Uncharted Four is gonna be my favorite game of the year, uh, but at the end of the day, Overwatch was what impressed me the most this year. And so it would probably would have been a close second if I were to vote. So I am ecstatic to see that it gets the win. I think Overwatch is super cool. I love the characters. I love the community. I'm glad to see it get recognition. I think I think Overwatch is gonna be around a long, long time. It's and hey, they just have to put out an expansion next year, and they can win Game of the Years again. Because <laughs> now expansions are eligible for regular awards, obviously. Yeah. Um, so we've already spent so much time on just the video game awards portion of the of this podcast. Oh, yeah, sweet Jesus. And the worst part is, like, <laughs> this this is how I'm going to do my segue to PSX. <laughs> Overall, I viewed the Game Awards to be moderately boring. It was two and a half hours of occasionally getting excited for something and then large just like 
blah moments. Um, as we move over to PSX, I thought this hour conference was like extremely action packed, enormously exciting from the get go. They announced and more at PSX than that Sony did during their E3 component. This this is how this is how you do a press conference. It was unbelievable. It was um, dense and had a lot of exciting exciting uh, announcements in multiple genres. Yeah, and this so is so cool. Going off of what I just said about Uncharted Four, massive Uncharted fan. So they start PSX with a new Uncharted game, and the the great thing about those, hey, new Uncharted game, like this ecstatic, right? And you're like, well, how can it get better from there? And they actually did a good job of keeping the energy high throughout. Um, there was stuff that I still got extremely excited for. And then they somehow ended the show on an unbelievable high note that I was, like, freaking out. <laughs> um, so there is... I wrote down all the games. Like I said, there's 30-ish, 25-ish games. We're not going to go through all of it. Um, I wanted to talk about Uncharted. Uh, yeah, it's, um, is, is this a downloadable game or is it a standalone game? So I am a little confused about that. I originally, when they announced Uncharted 4, they said that there was going to be another story DLC component to it, like they did with The Last of Us um, and their Left Behind, which was like a 90-minute game. Uh, they said this is the next chapter in Uncharted, though, which they never phrased that with The Last of Us. So I wonder if it started off as something smaller and they're building it into a larger-sized bucket right. of Uncharted. And it's I, I don't know a ton about Lost Legacy. You you maybe you have researched it a little bit more closely than I have, but I know it stars Chloe in it, right? Chloe's yes. the, and Chloe's uh, the best character in Uncharted Two. She's so good. She's great. Um, and um she was only in the first like quarter or so of Uncharted Three, which was too bad because more Chloe is better. But uh was she in Uncharted Four at all? No. Okay, so right, gotta give Chloe fans what they, what they want. Yeah, and that was that was one of the big things is where is Chloe? Because um, there was the whole Cutter and uh, Chloe in uh, three specifically. Everybody really liked the characters, and then yeah, um, Cutter was a new character in three, and he was he was a really good addition. Yeah, and then if I remember correctly, he got signed on to a TV show or a movie that was supposed to be or it was supposed to be canceled, and he got caught up in like contract stuff, so he had to leave. That's why they have him break his leg. Oh, okay. Um, and just randomly leave. Um, yeah, he's only at the beginning, too, just like Chloe. Yeah, and so they weren't in four at all. And so to see Chloe, which I love Chloe, and then they have Nadine, who is the kind of sort of main antagonist in some regards okay, to four. Okay, so she's a, a major character in four. And yeah. So Chloe... Who's she's a, a really good character in four, okay, so, too. Okay, so Chloe and Nadine were major characters and good characters in Uncharted 2 and Uncharted 4, and now they are the co-protagonists of this new Uncharted game. Yeah, so when you meet Nadine in the game, it is heavily implied that all of Drake's crew has dealt extensively with Nadine in the past. They know who she is. Um, but they don't ever explain why and how. Um, so the best I can guess, I don't think it's ever officially came out, um, but it's going to be a prequel in some regard. All right. So that's exciting for Uncharted fans, I guess. And I mean, I, I like Uncharted. I will eventually play 4. I'll probably eventually play this too, especially since I like Chloe. Yeah. Um, I know you wanted to talk about Marvel vs. Capcom. So. I did. Yeah, I, <laughs> I'm i a big fan of fighting games, especially uh, old Capcom and SNK ones. And uh, 
So they showed a trailer for the next Marvel vs. Capcom. It's going to be called Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. The trailer only showed Ryu, Mega Man, Captain Marvel, and Iron Man. And this is the uh, the recent Captain Marvel, who's a blonde woman, and not the alien Marvel, and not the DC Comics Captain Marvel, who's now called Shazam. It, Shazam. It, it looked. I mean, it was a cool cinematic. It looks like the it looks like the Mega Man X version of Mega Man, but I'm not a hundred percent sure about that. We'd, I'd have to double check some things. But it, he had the red dot in his helmet, so I think it's Mega Man X. And uh, and they're bringing back the Infinity Gems from an old Marvel fighting, an old Capcom fighting game called Marvel Superheroes. So it's going to be different from MVC three, which is which still has a thriving community, but. Uh, and also, and but it 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 looks cool so far. At least visually, it was cool. And uh, the main concern from fans is that Marvel really wants their video games to be attached to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, no X Men. So it's it people are thinking there might be no X Men characters in the game. And Wolverine, Storm, Magneto, Sentinel, Phoenix, Uncharted. Gambit. Uh, Gambit was in MVC two, but not three. Uh, same same with Cyclops and Colossus and a bunch of others. But the X-Men specifically have been involved in these Marvel Capcom fighters forever. They, like, the first one of these was X-Men, X-Men. X-Men Children yeah. of the Atom. Yep. Where, uh, which was um, really good. Yeah, which uh, Sentinel, Juggernaut, and Magneto were the bosses of that. And then they made X-Men vs. Street Fighter and Marvel Super Heroes and, uh, and the first Marvel vs. Capcom. The, like, that whole mid-90s was the start of everything. So to have... Possibly no X-Men, uh, and also, by extension, probably no Fantastic Four and probably and maybe no Spider-Man in the new Marvel would be a big problem. And so they sort of got around that in Marvel vs. Capcom 3. They knew they uh, uh, Disney wouldn't let them use Fantastic Four characters in it because, um, fo- because the Fox was making those awful Fantastic Four movies. <laughs> uh, so instead they put in Super Scroll, which is a Fantastic Four villain with the powers of all of them. That which, which was a cool decision, I think. But it, it's weird that there's probably going to be a Marvel versus Capcom game with no X-Men or maybe one X-Man or something in it. You know what I honestly assume happens? They, the base game does not have them, but they, I think they have DLC characters because people get so pissed about it. I mean, still we, isn't the right way to go about it. But We only know those four characters I mentioned at the beginning, and uh, they did a, a Shadow of a Boss... And, but we're not sure exactly who it is. It like it had a, it had a face on its torso and a face on its head. So people are saying it could be um, like someone like Apocalypse or Ultron with uh, with the evil armor with a face on it from Darksiders or um, from not Darksiders from Darkstalkers. Mm. So uh, it's we don't know a lot about that game yet. Only those first four characters. Um, and it has Infinity Gems. So, yeah. Wild. Yeah. yeah. And that comes out in 2017. Uh, which is crazy. Hopefully it's not half-baked like they did with Street Fighter Five. Right. Oh, and speaking of Street Fighter Five, they're adding Akuma. That's the end of Street Fighter Five discussion. <laughs> also end of discussion, <laughs> Destiny's game scored strikes. Okay. Really cool, but doesn't really change much. Right. Um... They're still rebooting Crash Bandicoot. They showed gameplay, which looked really, really cool. I'm is it, ecstatically is it, excited. Is it stuff from the whole... Are they remaking the whole trilogy or just the first one? Yeah, they're remaking all three games. And is it going to be in one package, or are they going to be releasing them piece by piece? I don't know that. I think it's one package. 
I did see uh, Trilogy, which is which was a surprise to me. But I mean, hey, you're getting your Crash Bandicoot. I was always more of a Spyro guy, and even then, I think Spyro was kind of flawed on the PS One. Um, basically, all those games aged really poorly. Secretly, the best PS One platformer is probably uh, Ape Escape. I always I'll thought Gex One. I think Ape Escape 1 is awesome, but uh, in, in general, I think sort of the PS2 era had better platformers than the PS1 yes. era in general. Yes, yeah. Because Jack and Ratchet and Sly are great. Yes, they're fantastic. Um, also being remade, Parappa the Rapper, Patapon, and Locoroco. That um, is nuts. I mean, yes. did you see the videos for Parappa? They, it actually doesn't look like crap. No, it doesn't. And that was <laughs> high res Parappa the Rappa was not something I was expecting. Uh, nobody was because there was there was concerns about the music being able to come across, and then there's also concerns about latency <laughs> with the controllers with the high def TVs. Um, so all that type of stuff was like it's never going to happen. And then they put it in uh, PlayStation All Stars or whatever that crap game. Oh yeah, that. And it was and it was like, oh, see, they're gonna make another Parappa, and then nothing ever came of it, and so. It was really out of the blue. Really out of the blue. Um, can we not talk about Last Guardian? It looks I like it's coming out. out. <laughs> I'm still, I am still. I am not convinced it is going to be out until it's actually out. By the time this is out, people will know if it officially came out. <laughs> I am not claiming that it is out, though, until it's actually out. I hope and, it is un- Until you can walk into a, a, a retailer and look at it on the shelf, you will not believe it's out. I'm not even sure that would do it. I think I have to own it and you need put to, it in my PS4. You need to put it in your machine and see the menu screen before you're sure it's out. Because I could see them releasing it, you putting it in, and then being like, content patch to be able to play a game coming in 2018. Yeah. that That's a little faith I have that it's going to get done. I, I hope it's going to I think it's been so long that I think this is their uh, this is their last chance. So I'm, I, I believe it is coming out. I hope it's good. <laughs> Um, Resident Evil 7, do you care? Um, no, it was a cool trailer. Uh, cool trailer, I like that they're rebooting it, I like that it doesn't look like it's the pure insanity that the other ones are, and they're actually going to, like, go back to horror. Yeah, and the, uh, and I, I like, I, I think it has, I think we mentioned this in our E3 awards, but it has a really, really cool logo design. Uh, yeah, really that, that has Biohazard and Resident Evil both sharing that, um, the that 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 motif which is which is pretty remarkable but uh yeah I, we have a small second yeah, for me sure. to do a tangent yeah go ahead um so when the view came out and the oculus came out my buddy bought both and i tried both of them out first of all vr is fantastic mm-hmm. um over thanksgiving break uh my brother-in-law came over and he had gotten a psvr so i got to try that out for the first time and he had somehow bought literally everything so i got to try everything um there are obviously experiences that work poorly and others that work unbelievable. Thumpers blew my mind. Um, go buy them. Um, although I do not like horror games, horror is fantastic on VR. Um, and I'm I that's I'm more excited for Resident Evil Seven because there's the VR component than I am for anything else in it. It'll be interesting. It, like it'll be interesting. I, I bet it will be. be a... I think that horror suits VR much more than other gen- than several other genres, um, because like place, like having um, the the immersion that comes with VR could really enhance the 
you know, scare potential of a horror game. And I've, I've seen some VR experiences, or, okay, I shouldn't, I haven't seen them. I've read about VR experiences, like the Shark Cage one, and the uh, Spiders, are, and Room Full of Spiders one, that, people, that, right. that were too intense for people to do, which yeah. is crazy. So if, like, a well-made horror game that goes, that has a well-crafted VR experience could be incredible. And we'll see if Resident Evil is that game or not. I've only played a, I've only played a few um, small VR games that are on the uh, the phone attachment that that's works with certain Android phones. Mm-hmm. Like uh, uh, Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes. And they were right. they were super, super cool and have me thinking positive thoughts about, about VR in general. But I haven't played any of the big expensive rigs yet, and I'm interested to see how stuff like Resident Evil 7 turns out. I, my only concern with that is that it makes because they had to make concessions for VR, that the game by itself is bad outside of the experience of VR. Um, but Maybe, but that, that that's total speculation. We won't we but, won't know more until we get more. Yeah, but I I am super intrigued because it's one of those things that even though jump scares are it's such a easy thing to do, when you're actually feel like you were there, they they affect you on such a deeper level. And th- th- this is this looks really moody. It looks like you could get kind of caught up in it. Uh, I, I bet people will. It's uh, YouTube's going to be hilarious because people are going to lose their minds. Oh yeah, oh yeah, jeez. Like streamers are going to. If there is a good way of getting streaming video from VR to uh, PC, which I'm sure there, I'm sure there so is. I'm sure people PS4 are working it out, but it's tricky. Does a fantastic job. It actually oh, okay. goes on. It's just like a straight screen. So that's the, the other great thing is. It literally what you are seeing is on the screen um, of your regular TV. So I have not, I did not do any streaming with it, but I have to imagine the same streaming. Everything that you had already set up would just go straight. Okay, through. well, all right. If if streaming works on it, then VR streaming is going to be something else. But yeah, it's uh, be I... so much fun. <laughs> so they turned from that and they actually got super Japanese for a period of time. Okay, like, we're to, back to the awards now, right? Back to the show, yeah, because mm-hmm. they had Nino Kuni. Dingarampa, Near Automata, and Yeast Origin. Like, Yeast. Bang, whatever. <laughs> wise. Wise Origin. Oh, um, that's why I don't pronounce things. You guys always have me read all the lists. I was like, why are you having me do this? You had me um, read the list for a podcast that we're never going to talk about again. <laughs> and then it wasn't even hard ones like this. Um, <laughs> they, I was. These are. That's hard. one of the things I really like about uh, PlayStation experiences. I, I feel like they... They go to a, like you'd never see this at E3. Like them going through that. They even had a Yakuza there. Like those five games in a row. Yeah. Um. And they're bringing over two of the Japan-only Yakuza games to uh to the U.S., which is to, which is cool. But the yeah. four the four you mentioned, um, all of those are RPG fan darlings. This is near East Dungeon Rampa, Nino Nino Kuni. I thought Nino Kuni One was a really beautiful game that had that had some problems. And I love Nino Kuni One. Yeah. I. I think the combat and the and got got a little bit weird around the middle of the game. But yeah, that's fair. But man, Nino Kuni two looks pretty, and and that's and so vi- visually and musically, Nino Kuni one was an A plus. So if they can, you know, have better, more modern gameplay like happen in Nino Kuni two, I am all about it. Yeah, and the one thing I am intrigued to see is I wonder if there is something on the level of like a town building, because it looks like at the end of the trailer that you have a to- like a group of people that are nomadically traveling with you. Oh, so it's, like it could be a town building thing, like Breath of Fire Two or Dark Cloud or something. 
I'm intrigued to see if that's an element of it. Yeah, that would work. Yeah. Yeah. I am, I'm really sad that Mr. Drippy's not there. Um, Mr. Drippy was one of the voice performances of the year back when when that no. game happened. One of the voice performances of video games. <laughs> he was a terrific mascot sidekick kind of character. Um, speaking of good uh, voice acting, Danganronpa 3? Danganronpa V3 Killing Harmony. We know so, it's... Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Were there little baby Monokuma cubs? There were. There were four Monokuma cubs that each have a weird visual uh, theme of some kind. And uh, th- it's it's a new Danganronpa game that takes place in what looks like an abandoned school, but we're not sure about it. I thought it was a prison. Oh, it was it? Because I, I saw that it, it, there was derelict parts of it. Like, you could see roots growing in the walls in some places. But that game is confirmed uh, worldwide release in 2017. Japan in January, later for the rest for other territories. And I am so excited, because I, I just recently finished watching the Danganronpa 3 anime that closes the door on the Danganronpa 1 and 2 characters. And this is new cast, new Monokumas, everything new. It looks crazy. It lo- and it looks like there's going to there's be a mechanic where you have to do bluffing and lying during trials to survive. So good. So I, I don't know how that's going to work, but I, I cannot wait to play that thing. It's gonna, I, I could not be more excited. So it's the Gifted Inmates Academy, or the Prison School for the Gifted. Okay, that is that is strange, but I will. I am. I Good. dig all of it. I'm buying that thing on day one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I adored our month when we covered Dangarampa. I am really excited for us to do the second one in a bonus encounter soon. Yeah, we we're I, gonna, we're going to do another Dangarampa episode. We don't know when it's going to be, but it'll it'll happen. I full fan. Super excited. Um trying to convince myself not to rebuy them for PS4 when they release the first <laughs> two. Um, which is the exact opposite feeling that I have for Nier Automata. Oh, really? You're not you're not excited about Nier? I can go back to the podcast. I did not enjoy Nier. Okay. Um, I have huge questions about this, is whether it's going to be good. I think it showed very, very well. I, I actually really... That trailer made me feel better about the game than I have since I thought they the trailer. I, I have not played Nier. Um, I have, people have bugged me to play it before. But uh, I thought the trailer was cool. I mean, looks like a cool Japanese RPG, right on. Yep. And and people that love Nier are excited about it, and they have every right to be. And it's yep, sure, go for it. The people that love the first one and love the second one. Um, the biggest thing for me is I feel like it's going to come around enough stuff that I actually really, really am excited for that it's just going to get overwhelmed, and I'm going to forget about it until later. Yeah, there's so mu- there are so many RPGs coming out in 2017. It's I, I'm de- I'm not I'm not going to get around to Nier Automata. It's only because I haven't played the first one, and there's going to be too many other games I want to play. But yeah. it it looked cool and uh, showed really well. Yeah, absolutely correct. You can pronounce the next game. I'm not trying again. East Origin. <laughs> that game came out in on the PC in uh, shoot at least five years ago. Probably more like seven or six or seven or eight years ago. But it's one of the better Ease games. It is uh. There's no it's it's less RPG and more action than a lot of other East because there you really just are dropped into a tower and the boss is at the top floor so ready set go, and it doesn't have like RPG trappings of like multiple dungeons or a town or a, a large cast of characters, but it's a very very good action packed East game. There's three playable characters and you choose one at the beginning and there's different story for, uh, elements for each character. 
it takes place a thousand years bet- before East 1 and 2, and the bosses in the tower, m- most of them, like probably three quarters of the bosses, are new versions of bosses in East 1 or 2. So it's a, a really, really good East game. The action's great, great for East fans, great for East story stuff. And uh, it was PC only for a long time, and now it's coming out on Vita and PS4. Yeah, it. Uh, I was surprised that so like so many people were really excited, like from outlets that I wouldn't assume would be excited for it. <laughs> like I understand RPG fan, like I, I expect crowds and people of that, but all of a sudden, like people I thought never played RPGs, all of a sudden were excited for this. Well, East is sort of weird because it was always a really indie out there series in the '80s and '90s, at least in at least you know from an from an outside Japan perspective. Like I had I had only heard of East briefly, and I and because I, I played the Super Nintendo version of East three and thought it sucked. But getting into East since they relaunched it in the 2000s, they've done an amazing job building a consistent world and uh, and sort of refining the East lore to a to a sharp point now and the the ninth east game comes out uh is already out in japan and come and hopefully comes out in other territories soon because i can't wait to play it but uh east origin is a very good east game east has done a great job becoming modern since 2000 or so and uh and have and now that this one's going to be on ps4 and vita you can it's possible to have a vita with seven of the nine East games on it, even though one of them would would only be in Japanese now. That's awesome. Yeah, so if you want to get into East, the easiest way to do it, East, East, the easiest way to do it is to get a Vita uh... and then and then just pick from the giant list because almost all of them are going to be on Vita soon. El Vita. That was, oh, complete Viva side note. Viva... <laughs> The Vita got so much love during this uh, show. Yeah, it did. <laughs> it was surprising. No, it's not surprising. Once they, once Geo got up there, I was like, all right, Geo Corsi's up there. And he, he carried his he, Vita up, and I was like, I knew he would do that too. And I was like, yep, this is awesome. That He is the the most pro Vita, put stuff on the Vita employee that Sony has. Yes. Um, What's next? on, Pyre from Supergiant Games. I played Pyre at E3, and I got to meet Greg Kasavin, and uh, and I also wrote the pre the E3 preview for Pyre when we came out. So I'm I'm saying that as a uh, as caveat. sort of a, a caveat because I am so excited for for Pyre. I'm very Good. biased, but I cannot wait to play that thing. It looks gorgeous, has some really cool ideas. Uh, the RPG elements in it are fascinating. It's like NBA Jam RPG with, uh, with 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 moving around like Oregon Trail. I cannot wait to play that thing because as like RPG fans, like number one basketball weirdo, I cannot wait to try Pyre. It looks so good. I'm super jealous that you got to try it. I love Super Giant Games' games. Um, I very 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 excited. Yeah, and I think it comes out. I don't know if it has a date yet, but I want to say it was they were talking April, May. To my knowledge, there's no date for it. Okay. All right, but uh, it was. Uh, yeah, that that looks great. I can't wait to try Pyre. It says 2017, so oh, fingers crossed. Sure. Um, from that though, so I, I'm super excited for Pyre. Really in a good place. This next game comes up, and I'm like, oh, whatever. I'm gonna ignore this. Vane looked ridiculously cool. 
Um, um, so we were you, talking before the show. Yeah, but before it, the show, you made sure that I wa- that I I saw the Vane trailer before we started recording, and wow, that thing, wow, that's a pretty looking game. So I wrote notes for all the games for the most part, or here or there what I wanted to, and I wrote the music explanation point explanation point. And anybody that's ever listened to this podcast knows that for the most part I don't care. <laughs> No, the music was music breathtaking. Was so good. And it and was it looks good. And, and um it reminded me of Journey when I first saw it. And I think uh you mentioned to me uh, the staff is uh, uh, a a new company called Friends and Foes Games or Friend and Foe Games maybe. I, f- I forget exactly what it was. But it's staff that's from the uh Last the Guardian. Last Guardian team. And yep. but it reminded me of Journey because it was a, a character running around um in the desert and in some ruins. But it was – there was a lot of weird visual choices. Like uh, the sand that would kick up behind the character came out as cubes. And um, – but, but uh, other, part of, other parts of the desert were closer to fo- photorealism. And um, the person – and then the player character, which was sort of a vague shadowy shape, jumped off a cliff and then turned into a bird. And you, and you saw the bird flying around. It, 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 they didn't give us a lot to work with in that trailer. But it looked beautiful and distinct, and I, I, I was really impressed. I want to see more of that game now. I have no idea what it is, but I'm in. They, have, <laughs> they already have me hooked. Um, it just it looks really really good. Um, and they, they, that's I felt like the next couple games that was at first I didn't really know what they were. There wasn't a lot, but they they like super super hooked. Um, they went from that to What Remains of Edith Fitch. Which is from Giant Sparrow. They did uh, crap. Um, what was the other game they did? Unfinished Swan. Oh, which I really oh. liked that game. No, that was I, that was a strange game. What remains of Edith Finch has been in development since then, so that's almost like seven, eight years now. Um, Unfinished Swan wasn't seven years ago. You again? Two thousand nine, March twenty second. Oh, that's sorry. That's Giant Sparrow. Okay. <laughs> again. 2012, so five years. Young parent has no concept of time. (laughs) I I pulled it up and I was like, all right, well, Giant Sparrow, 2009. Never mind. Um, (laughs) I I really, really like the Unfinished Swan. I like what they did with the story um, and specifically how they handled kind of – there was like this father story with a child and kind of like elements of that. Uh Uh-huh. This seems to be taking that and really, really amplifying it. It's like this time hopping, like I I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> it looks really good, and I I loved I loved Unfinished Swan so much. I'm really intrigued to see what they do with this. Cool. Oh, that that's I just, I don't know. And then they went from that to uh, Next Machina, which is from Housemark, which looks so ridiculously good. So people Housemark did. Uh, Resogun, Stardust. Um, oh, okay, sure. The zombie game. Um, um I, I know, Dead Nation. Dead Nation, and then yeah. that most recent game that was eh. Um, they make really, really good uh, two uh, twin six shooters. This I thought looks... I thought Super Stardust was really good, and uh, and Dead Nation was all right. Not th- wasn't the new one Alien Nation? Yeah, Alien Nation came out. Right. Um, Resogun though. I would still argue that Resogun is top three games that has come out on the PS4. Wow, okay. Resogun's legit fantastic. 
Um, and this looks closer to Resogun than... Like, Alienation uh, went the direction of Dead Nation again. Um, this looks like much more of a follow-up to Resogun. This looks really, really good. I, I, day one, I am in. This looks fantastic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sure. I mean, uh, they, they, those guys definitely have a style with that, uh, stylistic twin stick shooter. The one, the one I, the one I played the most was Super Stardust HD. But yeah, I mean, good, good on them for this one looking good. Um, Laura Croft Go. Everybody's seen the Go games. Happy Laura Croft's making to the Vita. Sure. Unless you have anything else. Um, the like dumbfounded announcement was Windjammers. I... Yeah, th- that thing is okay. I I have a bit of a personal history with Windjammers. That may surprise you. Um, no, because I I do too. I love Windjammers. Yeah. Uh, ba- when I was in college, uh, my first year in college actually, which would have been two thousand end of two thousand four, first half of two thousand five. Um, my roommates and I all fa- found this, uh, found a online collection of, uh, Neo Geo ROMs that had about 30 Neo Geo games on it, maybe, actually probably closer to 40 or 50, and the two games that we played, like a bunch of 19-year-old I- idiots getting drunk when we weren't allowed to on, <laughs> on, on weeknights were... As you do. Yeah, exactly, which, as you do in college, were, uh, Twinkle Star Sprites and Windjammers. And I played so much buzzed Windjammers in college, and uh, it, man, and, and I, I was and I was completely blown away when um, the guys at Giant Bomb a year Giant uh, Bob yeah, loves it. yeah a couple of years ago all started playing Windjammers on one of their I think it was one of their unprofessional Fridays or one of their video streams, and they fell in love with Windjammers, and and I was super excited. He's like, I love that thing, Windjammers, hell yeah! So <laughs> now now that they're bringing it back. HD, it's not HD ready, but like having it remastering it a little bit for the PS4 and having a uh, full arcade, online multiplayer, yeah, online multiplayer with it. That is uh, the uh, the moment I buy a PS4, I'm getting Windjammers on it. That thing, th- that game is such terrific arcade multiplayer. It's I, I think it's one of the best SNK games that is not a fighting game. It is. It's real good. It's super super good. It's hyper balanced. They actually did a really good job making it interesting, having different kind of class characters. Yeah, like... each character. There's six characters, and they go in inverse order from like uh like lightest hits and fastest movement to heaviest hits and slowest movement. I mean, each of them has, but each of them there has each of them has a special move that has the disc going in different angles and directions, and it's but it's done. It, it, it's great. Like Windjammers is awesome. It's it's like super slight, maybe slight cyberpunky <laughs> uh, beach frisbee, <laughs> freesh busy frisbee soccer. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. That sadly, that's probably the best way to explain it. Like I I, I implore you to the listener if you haven't heard of Windjammers uh, to seek out an online video or something because. I, go Giant Bomb. They'll yeah, do a good yeah, job. yeah, Giant Bomb has a ton of Windjammer stuff on their site. Uh, I, I think they voted I had a... it on <laughs> Game of the Year for not Game of This Year, the year they were playing it. Yeah, yeah, some yeah, stupid no, award. You know, they had a they had a award that was like um, game our favorite game that didn't come out this year, which was you know a, like a game that they played a ton of and loved, but wasn't eligible for that year. And when uh, and the year that they got into Windjammers, which is like a 1998 arcade, weirdo Neo Geo <laughs> game or something. Uh, they uh, they picked Windjammers and it's Windjammers is great and 
everyone four. Holy crap. ninety four. Okay, so even old, earlier than I than my guess. So that that's the same year the first King of Fighters game came out. So that's super early SNK. But anyone <laughs> that uh, that likes video games needs to try Vin Jammers. That game is so good. Yeah, I. Yeah, I. Yeah, yeah, real, real good. Um, I could see it being next year's Rocket League. Or 1994's Rocket League. <laughs> uh, done again, yeah. Um, so now we're getting to the end of the show. Neo, um, which we've covered extensively on RPG Fan. They had a trailer. I, I'm just not convinced with that game. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, uh, we have covered it pretty extensively here. I know on uh, one episode of Random Encounter a while ago, uh, Robert and a few other uh, editors talked about the demo for this a lot. And I, I don't... I, I'm i also not sold on it. It looks like a uh, sort of a Japanese demon-influenced uh, Dark Souls-ish game, which sounds yeah. cool on paper, I guess. But it, it doesn't look like it's pulled off spectacularly, at least not from the early material that we have. But it, it looks like it could be cool. Maybe they solve the problems of the demo. I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's one of those things. Whenever somebody says they're like Dark Souls, my response is, if I want to play a game like that, I would play Dark Souls. <laughs> we'll see how good this is. It looked like it had a lot of stances and counters in that game. I'm uh, someone that that's played the demo for longer than I did would be able to, and that's followed it more closely than I would be, would be able to talk about it more. But I, I think visually, it's at least interesting and. Uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it'll be good. I'm, I'm not going to say anything else about it. They wrapped up with two games, though, that I can guarantee will be great. Um, Strong so, words, but okay. Horizon Zero Dawn, which still looks spectacular. That looks spectacular. It comes out on my birthday. Ooh, so, nice. Congratulations. Well, I mean, I don't have a PS4, so we'll see yet. <laughs> so I won't buy it for you since you don't have a PS4? Because <laughs> that'd be even meaner? Um, I, I actually... Well, I have a couple PS4 games pre-ordered, and one of them rhymes with uh, Purse Owner. But I don't know what that could be. <laughs> uh, I'm going to get a PS4 eventually. I just don't know exactly when. But um, Horizon Zero Dawn looks terrific. I, everything about that game, it, all the color, all the action, all the in, all the visual choices, the the uh, steampunk, mecha punk dinosaurs, that thing looks great. Yeah, I I have one complaint, and this is how, shows how excited I am for it. You hate redheads. They are showing too much of the game now. Oh, okay. <laughs> It's like they they have like this kind of pseudo spoiler where there's stuff below the ground that's that they're defending. Like before, I was like, all right, we're just in a world. Now they're starting to show more of the lore, which still intrigues me. I'm very excited to see it, but now I'm to the point. I just need to have it come out. I want to experience it. I would prefer to kind of almost go like media blackout on the game hmm. um, because I am I I'm confident I'm going to love this game. It looks super cool. I I want to play it, but uh, I don't I don't know when I'll be able to. Is the issue someday? Yeah. Um, and then, like I said, they started with Uncharted at the beginning of the conference. There was there's always been rumors of The Last of Us too. Um, but when they started with Uncharted, I, even I was like, "There's no way that Naughty Dog's going to come out with anything else today." Yeah, they they bookended the conference with with Naughty Dog. Oh, that was Which, an interesting choice. I'm willing to say this, Naughty Dog is the best developer in the world. 
hands down. All right, I'm I'm not willing to say that, but I think they, are, I, am... they I think they are terrific. And Last of Us Part Two, people are I mean that that had a really big reaction. Oh, it looked so good. The like I so the crowd freaked out, but I also freaked out. They go across and there's just a stop sign and they put the firefly symbol on. I'm I'm like oh my god. <laughs> I knew, like you knew right away then and that game's like we didn't touch upon this with Uncharted. Like I thought Uncharted Four looks like looks spectacular. I I these two games, the art for it, like the the level of detail that they're putting these graphics on. They said The Last of Us Two is on a new engine that they haven't put anything else on yet. Um, it it looks it looks really really good. Um, not much known, just Ellie and Joel are in it, which I'm ecstatic. Ellie looks a little older, and Ellie looks pissed. <laughs> she seems badass because it looks like she killed like five dudes in her house or in a house. Uh, I yeah, I, and I and again I know this is like three years away, but I am super excited, super super three year, excited. Three years away? Uh, I it's it's gotta be right, two three years. They they literally said that like this is like they put a caveat. This is super early. They wanted. They were just really excited, so they wanted to show everybody. But they're like they tested some out with some stuff out with their new engine, so they wanted people to see their new engine and see what they're working on. But they're like, they're like this is very very okay. early. Now that communicates to me that it is definitely not coming out in 2017. It is 2018 no. at the it's abs- not coming out 2018. absolute absolute earliest is 2018. But uh, I, I mean. Yeah, at best we, we or know. at worst, how you define like interpret this? They announced that it's Christmas 2018, and we get it spring 2019, because <laughs> that's what Naughty Dog does now. Uh, but yes, I. It, it's kind of unfair because they they picked some of my favorite games. Um, all they needed to do is throw in Persona in there, and I would have would have been like the perfect everything. Um, but I, I thought it was a super super solid conference. Um, I'm really excited that I own a PS4. <laughs> I'm, I'm very, very happy right now. I'm very happy it's, to have a Vita as well. It's a good time to be uh, Sony, um, to be in the Sony ecosystem right now because they just they re- announced a bunch of very exciting announcements. It's you have every reason to be excited, and I am. I, I love my Vita, and I'm more and more tempted to get a PS4 than ever now, because there's a handful of games on that list that are that I absolutely want to play, and the PS4 already has a couple games I absolutely want to play. And, and that's, I so think, yeah, the biggest thing. it's getting harder beyond, and harder. Beyond just, like, games that... There's obviously games that play better for different audiences. I think they did a good job showing that to all the different audiences. But the biggest complaint about the PS4 is there isn't games, like, first-party games, or at least, like, second-party games that are coming out exclusive to it. A lot of it's... Well, there's Fallout, uh, but that's everywhere. There's this, that's, but that's everywhere. Um... I think they did a very good job of showing there's a reason to own a PS4 um, instead of an Xbox One, which is nice. Because they've kind of, I felt like they've moved away from that lately. So it was nice to see them do a return to games and a return to We Are Sony, You Need to Be With Us. Yeah, um, Uncharted, Last of Us, uh, Horizon. Um, Last Guardian. Yeah, Last Guardian. Those are all Sony exclusives. Parappa. <laughs> Oh, and that's, that's the only thing. So Street Fighter V was uh, an exclusive. I did not see any language that stated that Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite was an exclusive. Right. Um, I think I think, I think it's assumed, but I don't think they stated anything. So I'd assume it's not. 
Right. It's. I mean, it, it probably isn't. Uh, Marvel vs. Capcom three was uh, three sixty and PS three. So was Street Fighter four though. Yeah, but also Street Fighter five. I think it's PC and PS four. So it's, yeah, but, it, but it's a console exclusive to PS four. Yeah. And uh, um, yeah, a lot of these things are uh, that they showed are available on PC, but uh, and some of them probably are going to be um full uh full multi-platform like Marvel vs. Capcom probably is going to be. But a, a lot of it was Sony exclusive or Sony console exclusive and yeah. a, a lot of it is worth celebrating. I think that I mean, we didn't even touch on every single game but it, the, the PlayStation experience was a really exciting conference to follow. Yes, yeah. Yeah, it was really, really good. Um, Really, really good. So of that whole list, you think the one you're on from both Game Awards and PSX is the one you're most excited about, Last of Us Part 2? So, I've never talked about this on a podcast. Uncharted is my favorite game, but I think The Last of Us is a better game. Um, wait, yeah, wait, you said Uncharted 2 is your favorite game of all time, yeah. right? Right. Yeah. I, you, you, I think you've told me this, you've told me that before, but maybe not on a podcast. So, Last of Us still makes it in my top five. The, the problem is, Last of Us is a better game, but it's less enjoyable to play. Okay. Um, I am fully like I I love Joel and Ellie. I want to see where they're going. It's just it's depressing world, and it's it's more tense. So it's just less overall like it's not as enjoyable. Whereas Uncharted, there's the jokes. It's happy. It's it's this pulp adventure. Um, probably out of everything we talked about, Uncharted: The Last Legacy, I'm the most or The Lost Legacy, I, I'm the most excited for. Okay. Um, which is nice because it's also short term. Um, right. but those are, it's, it's very, very close one, two for me. Um, what about you? Um, of all the games they showed, uh, the one game I am the most excited to play, I don't, oh, that, that's, I wish I had thought about that before. before you asked the question! Yeah, but before bringing it up to you, I wish I had done that. It, it <laughs> might be, um, the, the problem, the pro, uh, I feel like it's gotta be Danganronpa for you. Danganronpa, you know, it's either Danganronpa or Pyre, because both of those are games I know I'm Ooh. going to buy uh, the moment they come out, and I have a, I have a pretty good idea of what those are both going to be, and I'm and I'm sure I'm gonna I'm gonna enjoy them, but I I just I don't know it's it's a long list and it's hard to and it's hard to pick one like I mean I mean the Last Guardian I love Shadow of the Colossus it is the Shadow Shadow of the Colossus is one of my favorite video games of all time. It's and, real good. And the Last Guardian, uh, finally something to follow. That I I haven't been rabid excited or furious with at, the, at it getting delayed because it, it it'll I sort of been of the attitude whatever it'll get here when it gets here and I'll be able to play it eventually. I'm I'm so glad that that thing is finally going to exist, but it's almost a feel a feeling of like relief than of really of real excitement. I feel so, like that's how it's been for Final Fantasy. Uh, 15 as well, which is interesting <laughs> that they came a week apart from each other. Yeah, um, versus, they're, they're... Thir- versus 13 uh, becoming 15, and that and that thing landing, and a lot of people really like 15. We haven't, I haven't played it yet, but I love 15. But there is a kind of a sense of like occasionally. Oh, so you, kind so, of... you are, so you are playing it? I'm playing 15. I'm okay. Five six hours in. All right. Um, but there is an element of like occasionally you'll kind of stop and be like, I can't believe I'm actually playing this game. <laughs> um. I thought 16 was going to come out first. Uh, 
Yeah, it, it, there's just kind of, it's surreal in some moments, because it became the butt of the joke. Last Guardian for sure has. Both of them have like... been the butts of jokes. It's And unlike uh, Duke Nukem Forever, the, at le- Final Fantasy XV at least, at least seems pretty good. But I, I think everybody can agree to good, Cause, cause I, I, I think a lot of people find that it's great. <laughs> we, we should mention this. Um, as of us recording this, Final Fantasy XV's only been out for a few days. Five days. Yeah, so it's so people are still reacting to it, and it. Um, I I still don't know a ton about what that game's about since I've I haven't been following it rapidly. Bros but in I, a car. <laughs> road trip. <laughs> but uh, I, the idea of a, of a I don't know we don't need to talk about it for fifteen much, but um, but you're absolutely right that it is surreal that these games that were the butts of jokes for years and years are coming out or already out. And uh, and and they haven't disappointed people. At least at, at least s- s- enough people like FF15 that I'm gonna say it's not a worldwide disappointment. Is that, well, is that's that a hard thing. At some point, when you're, and I'm I'm happy you haven't been going through like the highs and lows of the Last Guardian. At some <laughs> point, it's it's really stressful and it's depressing, and it, it's hard to live up to whatever legacy could be there. You know, um, you're and you're absolutely right. But also, I. The reason that I haven't that I haven't been depressed by the de- uh, by the delays of Last Guardian, despite loving Shadow of the Colossus, is because there have been so many good games that came out in the interim, yeah. and I and I like a huge variety of games yep. that I had plenty of things to play before, uh, like while I was waiting for it. And I'm but I'm glad it's finally going to come out, and I hope it's good. Yeah, I I, I really really hope it's good. I, I would I would love to be pleasantly surprised with it. But to answer the original question, I've decided the game I'm most excited for is Danganronpa V3. I, I, I am just too deep in that universe. I've, uh, I've played three Danganronpa games. I watched two Danganronpa anime. I read one Danganronpa manga, plus a, plus a side guide and chapter manga. I am, I'm, I'm into that series, whatever it puts out, and I'm going to buy V3 as soon as it's available in English. Yeah, I I will be right there with you. Well, if not I, right if there I with spoke, you. But... If I spoke Japanese, I would be getting it the moment it, it it comes out in Japanese. But alas, no. I'm sorry. There's always still time. You could learn Japanese in like the next month, right? That's not a hard language to learn. No, no, no. It's not like it has three alphabets or something. No. It's but not in that. in all seriousness, I'm not gonna spend too much time learning Japanese when I could be playing Diablo three instead. Sure. Or you could to... be. Working harder so you can actually get a PS4, so you can play Persona Four or Persona Five. I will have a PS4 before Persona Five comes out. So, uh, in a way, I'm, I was in a way I'm a little bit glad for that delay because now I have more time to save. Don't say that. <laughs> I thought I was the most hated person on the podcast. I, I think now you you just took my place. Well, it's true. I am eminently hateable. That's why they call me Entitled Mike. I'm just so easy to hate. Yep. I'm so entitled. Title Mike's the worst. What um, a jerk. <laughs> we really appreciate you guys listening. Um, that is kind of our wrap-up to uh, conferences. We, we've we gotten really good feedback in the past with the BlizzCon. We wanted to kind of stretch this out to other conferences. Um, we'd love to hear your feedback on this, and maybe this becomes a regular thing whenever there's major conferences or maybe even we do major Nintendo Directs. I don't know. Um, 
but all that's based off of your feedback. So please, uh, especially for this, I'll do it for all episodes, but especially for this one, either send an email to retro at rpgfan.com, go to the boards, or write a review on iTunes for this. Or you can always go to Twitter. I'm at JD Curry. And I'm at The Real Monsoon. Um, we love hearing your feedback, but this one especially, we like, we'd really like to hear what you guys think. Um, a little bit of housekeeping. Shortly after this, in the weeks coming after this, you'll be seeing podcasts pop up of us playing through Diablo 3, Rogue Legacy, and The Binding of Isaac. Diablo um, 3 should be coming right after this. We've already recorded the episodes. But Rogue Legacy and Binding of Isaac, I think we're playing those soon, but those episodes won't show up until January. But it's things to get excited for. Sure. Um, so, we appreciate you listening, and uh, be sure to tune in again. See ya. See ya.